Guess you followed me. What's going on? I tried to stop you. But what is this? When is this? Yeah, about that. So, this is today. Today is yesterday. And tomorrow is also today. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. <laughs> that I might have heard about? Yeah. And why not? The movie podcast and the nerds who haunted themselves. I'm Stuart Moraine and I love movies. Which is lucky because each episode I'm joined by a guest to talk about a movie they love and see where the conversation takes us from there. Whether you're a regular listener or just dropping by for this episode, welcome to the show and thank you for giving us a listen. I hope you enjoyed the film talk and, as always, and if you feel like doing so, you can keep the conversation going in the comments on our socials, in the Am Why Not Facebook group, or wherever you see this episode posted. As we're in the early episodes of 2024, I'm going to do a shout out at the top of the episode to say that if you enjoyed the show and would like to support it, you can do so by liking or subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're feeling super generous, be grateful of a rating or review if you have a second or two to spare. This podcast is 100% free to listen to and always will be. I don't have a Patreon, I don't have ads in the pod, and I will never ask you for money. So any support you can offer in spreading the word is huge, thank you. As it's February, we're using this month to celebrate the Time Loop movie. And we're continuing with our returning guest and never seen pod co-host Stacey Taylor as we get trapped at a wedding and discuss the 2020 Andy Samberg comedy, Palm Springs. And now with an advance warning on spoilers and all that introduction stuff out of the way, let's roll the trailer and head into the time loop vortex. It's going to be a beautiful wedding. Here you are. Standing on the precipice of something so much bigger than anyone here. But always remember, you are not alone. I don't think that we met. I'm Sarah. Niles. Hi. Hi. It's going to be a beautiful wedding. Good day so far? Today, tomorrow, it's all the same. You! What is going on? Hey, get out of the water, girl! Guess you followed me. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. That I might have heard about? Yeah. The second you fall asleep, it all just goes back to the start. I drove all the way back home to Austin, and I still woke up here. One time, I smoked a bunch of crystal and made it all the way to Equatorial Guinea. It was a huge waste of time. Well, then what's the point of living? We kind of have no choice but to live. No, I'm going to get out of this. Suit yourself. See you tomorrow. Now what do we do? You just have to embrace the fact that nothing matters. Do you sleep with people in here? Great question. I have, but it takes a lot of work. May I cut in? It's the first dance. And that's a deal breaker? That didn't work. <laughs> Let's waste some time. You know the officiant? He's got a bag of sweets in his pocket. 
You were right. Got him. I can't keep waking up in here. Everything that we are doing is meaningless. I hope it's not all meaningless. At least you have each other. Nothing worse than going through this shit alone. There's a bomb in the cake. Don't worry. I used to be a bomb guy. Stand back! Ah! Oh my god! Let me make it plain. Gotta make way for It's gonna be a beautiful wedding. Hello, Stace. How are you? Hello. I'm not too shabby, thanks. I'm very, very full of Wagamama's. Other restaurants are available. Um, so I'm really sorry if I'm a bit gassy and or uh, slow. <laughs> I feel, I feel like, you know, when you're a bit drunk on food, <laughs> I'm like that right now. Um, so I'm really sorry in advance for being a disaster, I guess. Right. It, on Christmas, I ate like just over a third of a Christmas pudding. So I was like, it's not going to be worth saving that little bit. And like, there's still a bit in the bowl. And I was like, I really can't eat it, but I'm not going to waste it. So I just forced it in. And I was like, oh, oh. Mr. Creosote <laughs> like... in meaning of life. You feel like you're actually legitimately full of food, like that if you lean too far forward, it will start coming out. You may have yeah. like toothpaste. Yeah. I, was, I was waiting for my wife to come in with a wafer thin mint. <laughs> it's always a little bit of room for pud. Um, <laughs> it is only a wafer thin. <laughs> anyway, this isn't. Um, anyway, anyway. And why not dinner? <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we should do that. No. <laughs> Ranting about food for an hour and a half. No, we, we are talking about Palm Springs. So. The film, not the place. So a little bit of information about the film. So directed by Max Barbacow. That's what I'm going with. Uh, written by Andy Ciara. Story by Andy Ciara and Max Barbacow. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. Uh, starring Andy Samberg, Kristen Milotti, uh, with Peter Gallagher and J.K. Simmons, and also with Meredith Hagner, Camilla Mendez and Superman himself, Tyler Hock- uh, Tyler Hecklin. Nearly got that one wrong. Uh, <laughs> released on Hulu and in limited cinemas on the 10th of July 2020 in the US and on Prime Video on the 9th of April 2021 in the UK. So we had to wait over a year for it. Grossed $1,512,871 worldwide on an estimated budget of uh, $5 million, according to Box Office Mojo. I put worldwide, but it was mostly the US drive-in releases. Um, obviously, it came out after Roger Ebert and Barry Norman had died or stopped film reviewing. Pretty sure Barry Norman had died by then as well. Um, but in his five-star review for Empire Magazine, Nick Dissemblian said, with the comedy, comedy pedigree behind it, it's no surprise that this is a hugely funny film. While raunchier and spikier than Grand Old Day, it never loses its sense of sweetness. If it was merely as funny as it is, that would be just fine. A nice breezy summary... Uh, summary time loop comedy with that guy from Hot Rod in it. As it happens, it's more than that. Just as Grand Dog Day ventured into the more philosophical territory than its poster implied, so this uses its setup to inject some real emotion into the tale. Sometimes bleak, sometimes uplifting. Which I think is fair. Yep, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was well reviewed at the time. There's always a few knobheads who don't like it. But... <laughs> so, I mean... We, we sort of touched on this before we started recording, but obviously this was a streaming job for us. So what are your memories of first seeing it two years ago in your living <laughs> well, room? Well, <laughs> a- 
actually, I was going to say, I actually do have a bit of a, a like a memory of seeing it the first time because um, it was one of it was only like maybe the second or third time we'd had people over to our house since the lockdowns, the COVID lockdowns had stopped. Um, so we invited over my, my good buddies, Phil and Key, and we popped it on and we were all sort of expect because we all we all love Andy Sandberg. <laughs> Like I think all of us have got crushes on him. I don't think it's uh, it's <laughs> it will shock anyone to know that I definitely do. But I'm pretty sure all four of us were like Andy Sandberg. Um, so we were just fully like expecting a bit of a laugh. Thought yeah, pop pop that on. That'll be a good. We haven't hung out for <laughs> nearly a year. <laughs> movies <laughs> and uh, and then yeah, and then it was just like totally amazing, and we all loved it. Um, but it wasn't fully what we were expecting either. I should preface, like, before we start talking about the movie proper, that Groundhog Day is one of my favourite films. And obviously this always gets compared to it because it is of a similar, you know... Well, it's a time loop. Stuck in a time loop rom-com. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because like variation on it is it's Groundhog Day, but sci-fi, yeah. or it's Groundhog Day, but... Yeah. Um, but I think this stands up right next to Groundhog Day as being really fucking fantastic and i've gone back to it a lot uh it's a comfort movie for me now because i think it's just bloody lovely and stupidly funny and great i don't know why i put on an accent there but i enjoyed it (laughs) yeah no i was the same i think because we had it delayed by a year so it came out on amazon prime around the same time as the other time loop romantic film they did which was the tiny map of perfect things which also really enjoyed it, they both sort of dropped around the same time. So it was like, have you seen that time loop movie on Amazon? It's like, which one? Which one? <laughs> but um, yeah, but I, I really like this. Again, I like Andy Samberg mainly because of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. I, I found his films hit or miss for me personally, but... Oh, I adore Hot Rod. I think it's wonderful. See, I didn't like Hot Rod. I need to watch Hot Rod again because I kind of feel it's... like I either wasn't in the right mood for it or it just passed it's me really stu- It's really stupid. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's very much just a comedy. It's just there to make you laugh. Like, the plot doesn't really mean anything because it's just a series of jokes yeah. loosely strung together. Um, but I, yeah, I, I like Lonely Island as well, which is one of the like the main way that I sort of got into um, Andy Sandberg was through, like, all the SNL skits and yeah. the music videos and stuff, which are legit, most of them legitimately like good songs as well as being really fucking silly. <laughs> Yeah, when I worked at H&B, one of the girls used to play their albums quite a bit. I do like their albums. Yeah. I, I do like some of the stuff they did on SNL. And again, I like that Andy Samberg from Clips on SNL is a uh, Mark Wahlberg talking about animals. is amazing. <laughs> well, one of my favourite uh, like SNL like song skit things is um, Dick in a Box. I just think that's so, that's so funny. <laughs> like, oh, God, I don't know what to get you for your birthday. Oh, I know, perfect gift. Just put a box around my dick. <laughs> <laughs> so funny <laughs> oh dear one thing you might learn about me throughout this episode is that i'm quite easily uh entertained uh, it's easy to make me laugh <laughs> although you've opened yourself up now to get sent a lot of dicks in boxes yeah i don't want that thanks don't <laughs> um slither into my dms cheers <laughs> unless you do what my friend did once for halloween where he dressed up as the dick in a box guys but like obviously attached a box to his trousers, but then inside it was a was a penis shaped bar of soap. <laughs> yeah. Or you just put a picture of Richard Nixon or some other famous yeah. dick. Yeah, picture of my husband. Rich um, Danborough. 
<laughs> my husband is called Rich. I feel like I should put it before anybody <laughs> thinks I was just casually calling my husband a dick. <laughs> He's going to be walking around now, wondering where everybody's taking photos of him. <laughs> oh, I love you, Richard. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if he regrets marrying me. <laughs> <laughs> I know my wife does, so it's fine. <laughs> Too late now, legally binding contract. Oh. And it's too, it's too difficult to get a divorce, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, plus, then you've got to meet somebody new and go through all that horseshit. Who can be bothered? I don't even know how to make friends at my age, <laughs> let alone like get another partner, Jesus. Yeah, no, I just, oh. you know, you think about, you know, it'd be nice to be single again, then you watch an episode of First Date, you're like, nah, fuck that shit. Nah, Not awful. doing that at all. <laughs> Awful. I really dislike most people. <laughs> or, or listening to young people talking about going on dates. I was like, really? Is that what we do? <laughs> it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of it effort. Is. I don't want to. I don't want to have to shave my legs. It's not, I've got not used to I. not shaving my legs. <laughs> and I'm a really hairy woman. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm not exaggerating. They used to call me Stay Squatch at my old office, <laughs> <laughs> which is a really funny nickname. I think that's very inventive, and I enjoy it. That is good. I mean. Probably get you sent to HR now, but <laughs> yeah. But it was my fault that I was sticking my legs in their faces. Like, look how hairy this gets. Anyway, yeah, right, we've yeah. gone off. Topic. You bring it on yourself. So. <laughs> I do. I really do. <laughs> but anyway, Palm Springs. Hmm? Talking, talking of films it? without hairy women, that does open with a woman moisturising her leg. Well, almost <laughs> opens. We get a goat first. Yes, of course we do. Yeah, yeah. Right. I uh, so I rewatched this the other day, and I was so relieved at the opening sequence because you've pointed out to me before that you don't really like to swear on this show if it's a film that is not, you know, that's like PG or what have you. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna be able to PG this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, th- this film sort of opens up on a sequence where it, there's a failed attempt at sex, and then he masturbates while she repeatedly goes shit, shit, shit shit and i was like oh i can swear on this one then great <laughs> weirdly not the most uncomfortable wanking scene in the film but we'll get to that in a bit <laughs> yeah i am um, what i found like what i love about films like this is that like that sort of opening is the kind of thing that will usually put me off because now oh god i might be opening myself a big old can of worms here i'm not the biggest fan of sex scenes in movies now before the internet bites my head off about what a knob i'm being I'm not saying that sex scenes shouldn't be in movies. I think they should. I think there's a place for them. I just don't like looking at it. And I don't know whether that's my uh, sex versus asexuality talking. I just feel it. I just don't really want to see it. It's all. That's, I'm not saying they shouldn't be in films. It's fine. So, like, yeah, this movie opens with basically that. And I was like, uh-oh, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> uh, so I had a tiny panic. Um because it is very awkward watching a man grimace through a masturbation and as his missus clearly has a small panic attack about losing something at a wedding. <laughs> yeah, you're just awkwardly smashing one out. <laughs> yeah. Although yeah. it is the first indication that you don't necessarily realise it at first, but it is the first indication that he may have been reliving that day for quite a while. Yeah, I enjoyed the subtleness of that in this film because... Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes in this film where they sort of hint at the fact that he's been doing this for potentially many years. Well, yeah, I think they've days. said it's somewhere between forty years and forty million years. 
yeah um like he forgets what his job was yeah. before which but remembers is he has a dog to me because so. imagine then yeah. <laughs> so like one of the things i find interesting about this film is that like the the sort of and oh, i hate to be comparing it to groundhog day immediately because i really i really don't want to do that because this film is fantastic in its own right but like where it really differs to me is that groundhog day like phil is reliving a day he really fucking hates because it's cold and it's wet and he's doing a stupid story on a groundhog and ned ryerson keeps hounding him about things and like he just hates everything about it whereas like if you are going to get stuck in a time loop getting stuck at a resort where you have to attend a wedding but there's a lot of you know free booze and like it's really sunny and there's a pool <laughs> like like that's not the worst time loop to get stuck. well i mean it would be for me because i would absolutely wilt in that heat i could not do a palm springs uh i mean that was november weather for them i think think they said and it looked insanely hot yeah, so, I think it was um, still up to like thirty, as in our temperatures. So for the wedding stuff, so yeah, that would be absolutely. Mad. I would fully melt. I'd just live in the pool. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be I like, I'll, I live here now. I'm not coming to the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you either bring the wedding here, or yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. I'd, I I wouldn't do well in that heat. I I would pretty much be like him, just in the pool. Yeah. There's a bit, there's a wonderful bit fairly early in the film where so um we're sort of following him around a bit and there's not much of an indication that he's been living the same day over and over but sort of uh, sneaky sneaky little hints that you only pick up on later in the film as you see his interactions with other people. But there's a great bit where like it cuts to sort of the wedding speeches which I'll I'll be honest and again this might be opening a can of worms people might really dislike me for saying this <laughs> I don't really like wedding speeches. I don't care how funny you think your best man is or how like heartfelt the speech from your, you know, the father of the bride or whatever. It's boring for everyone else. <laughs> it's I, really I hate boring. Weddings, so the whole thing. Oh, see now I love a wedding. Nope, I'm sorry. Hate them all. I, hate them all. <laughs> like I love watching people get married. That'll make me cry. I love free food. I love, you know, cutting a rug on a dance floor. Yes, please. Great. Thank you. All the booze. Love it. But like just that section, we didn't have speeches at our wedding. And it was mostly because the best man broke up with my sister about three weeks before it. But don't, it, it doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, but everybody said to us, that's one of the best weddings I've ever been to. And I can't put my finger on why. And we were like, because we didn't bore you to death. We had, we had a ceremony. We took some photos in the garden. We had some food. We put some music on. <laughs> like there was no messing around. None of this faffing, just everybody have a laugh. Good time. Excellent. And there's a, there's a bit where he turns up at this wedding and he's dressed in like a pair of board shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. And people are commenting like, why is he dressed for a luau? And all I could think is he's the only one dressed for the weather. Yeah. <laughs> like you're all there sweating in a suit, <laughs> a beautiful dress. And he's like, no, it's, it's hot here, lads. I'm going to wear... <laughs> It's a white shirt. I'm going to look good while I do it. Actually, um, thanks. I, I do like when he's stripping off to have uh, sex before he gets cock blocked by an arrow to the shoulder. I do like that he mm. rips his shirt open, but then struggles with the drawstring on his shorts because I've, I've been there. It's weird. I don't know why they do that, but they just do. They become an impossible knot. It's usually <laughs> when you burst in for a peek. <laughs> yeah, the thing the thing with J.K. Simmons. So first of all, 
I'm gonna pro- I'm gonna proclaim my love for him, even though notoriously every time I do that on my own podcast, about a month later it turns out there's some sort of sex pest or violent violent man. But I, I love J.K. Simmons. <laughs> yeah, same. I think he's wonderful. I could listen to his voice, just read the newspaper at me. Um, I think he's great. What I love about him is he always brings exactly what is needed to a role. So if he needs to be, you know, like the insane J. Jonah Jameson, like he can easily do that and he'll do it somehow believably, even though that character is a caricature. (laughs) He'll do it so well that they can't even find anybody else to play that character. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's that's just him now. Um, but like in this in this film, so he sort of plays a guy who sort of accidentally gets roped into the time loop as well because of Andy Sandberg's character, and uh, is really unhappy with that. <laughs> and I love the reveal uh, when you find out why he's so unhappy about it all. Oh, do you know what I I loved his little storyline because I thought at first that he was just going to be a relatively throwaway character that just pops up every now and again and tries to kill Andy Samberg, just as, like, a joke. And it is funny. Like, I mean, it's actually very dark as well because some of the ways that he kills him are awful. Like, the one where he's in the pool and he just sort of sets sets fire to just puts gasoline in the pool and just sets fire down. I'm like, what? What? That is fucking dark, lads. Um, But, like... Yeah, when you find out later that he's actually just super upset because he's got kids and he's never going to see them grow up. Like, shit. Like, that's... Because this film is already kind of touching just from Andy Samberg's story where even though it looks like he's having quite a fun day all day, every day, like, it's very much a metaphor for a man who is stuck, isn't it? Like, he's not doing anything or going anywhere or... Uh, yeah. moving forward he's a man who's scared of life well, yeah, <laughs> um, and you get the feeling that even before he got stuck in a time loop he was stuck his girlfriend was cheating on him anyway yeah which i do love um, that thing when um sarah comes to wake him up and uh, misty's like are you cheating on me he's like no you're cheating on me you goof <laughs> <laughs> wait what um <laughs> yeah yeah this this whole film is uh there's so many like little lovely lines like that and what i like about it is they really they set up a lot of stuff but only in the way that if you were looking for them that you notice so the surprises still seem kind of like surprises until all of a sudden like when you when you watch it a second time you're like oh my god they really sowed that seed um and you didn't notice it at the time because you didn't you didn't know to look for it um yeah in some ways it's a shame that you know it's a time loop movie going in yeah yeah uh, but I do like that he's already in the time loop, so you can get the both ends of it. So you get to see the rules of the time loop then through Sarah going into the time loop. But you've also yeah. got the thing of what you ne- rarely see in the films is being in it for 40 to a million years. Yeah. And like yeah. just how that would destroy you. Well, that's that's the other thing because I've I've heard people level the compl- well not complaint but the sort of comment towards this and Groundhog Day about how um, like the suicide parts are gratuitous like nobody would after trying it once nobody would do that and I'm like you don't understand how distressing like I think this coming out during COVID was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like 
potentially a really bad time, but possibly also a really good time for it to come out because I think if I lived on my own during, if I hadn't got rich, I might have gone actually genuinely mad because even living with Rich, like especially because he got quite sick in the September of 2020 and he became high risk, so we had to keep being more careful even when lockdowns had uh, had lifted and stuff. Um, so it got to a point where I was like genuinely sick of my own house. I was like, I fucking hate these four walls. I hate this telly. I hate this chimney. Like I was just, just completely like nuts about like, I just, I need to, I need to not be here right now because I'm going do lally. And I just think like, imagine being stuck in that, but it's literally everything is the same. You're being cheated on. You're going literally nowhere, and it's been forty to a million years. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely, I would try a thousand different ways of offing myself to see if, on the off chance, one of them might work. Yeah. And I thought that was quite an interesting twist with having the J.K. Simmons thing, where um, there's a scene in this film where Kristen Milioti's character Sarah uh, runs him over, <laughs> or like sort of smashes into him in a with a police car and he gets put into intensive care for quite a long time. He never really says how long it is, but they, they didn't want to put him to sleep because they were worried he'd slip into a coma and not wake up. Um, so it takes quite a long, painful time before either he falls asleep or he dies and his day resets again. And I thought that was such a lovely little, um, not really a twist, but just like a lovely little note of like, suddenly he was like, Oh, I was really actually genuinely hurting that man like several times. Yeah, uh, trying I, I to like kill that. Him, that... Doing this to me. And he sort of was like, what, why am I spending that energy on torturing this man when this day is torture enough for the both of us? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I like that whole thing that you don't have to be asleep. You have to be asleep, sorry, for it to reset. Whereas Groundhog Day, it got to 11.59 and it just re- the day reset. Yeah. Whereas yeah. with this, if you manage to stay awake beyond the day, you can get into the next day. So if you just do a load of speed and <laughs> <laughs> But as soon as you fall asleep, you are back in Palm Springs, baby. Which does make the me only... wonder if you have an afternoon nap. Yeah, I think you would end up back at the start. <laughs> <laughs> I the only question I because I here's the thing, right? I've said this before on my podcast when talking about things like Doctor Who. I don't think too much about timey wimey wibbly wobbly movies or tv shows because i know that the the science that they're presenting me in the shows isn't real science and even if it was i'm not going to understand it and i'm just going to confuse myself so i just accept whatever they put on the page for me the problem that i have is when timey-wimey wibbly wobbly things don't stand by their own internal logic yeah so i do have one question about this film and i'm sort of hoping that you'll be able to answer it for me and then this film will be like literally perfect in my mind is that skipping way ahead like right to the end here this is going to be the goat whacking great spoilers well no the thing that i don't understand is so so sarah decides to just learn like quantum physics and all sorts of stuff to try and figure out which i love that i love that it isn't uh you know you have to make andy mcdowell fall in love with you or whatever yes it's not like a karma thing you don't have to like do something good or like repent a thing it's it's literally just 
no, you've got stuck in this anomaly and you won't get out unless you do this other anomalous thing, which I thought was great. Um, But, yeah, she figures out how to get out of the loop. And she apparently calls J.K. Simmons' character to say, I think I've got a way out of it, I'm going to do it. Now, the thing that I don't get is J.K. Simmons seems to remember that and goes to talk to Andy Samberg at the wedding on the day as it resets, but as if it was the first time that day's ever happened, if that makes sense. And Andy Samberg hasn't got a clue who J.K. Simmons is. And I didn't get that, because why did he forget J.K. Simmons, but J.K. Simmons remembers him in the loop? Yeah, I think... I don't know. This is, is... J.K. Simmons still in the loop, and he needs to do what she did with the goat? To, to get out. Get he it. needs is to that... blow himself up in the thing to get out of it. Yeah, it's um, okay. <laughs> it's it was one of those things that really threw me because again, does the day reset for everybody, but just only they are aware they're in a time loop, or does it split off into alternate timelines? So like, imagine the sheer number of bifurcated time branches now. Yeah, <laughs> especially the ones where he like fucks up the wedding. Or what? I tell you what, actually. <laughs> That was another bit of this this that I absolutely loved is that um, one of the things I really like about, especially with comedies, is when they make the people believable people. Because too many rom-coms, I find, make people too perfect or like, you know, the only the only conflict can come from a complete misunderstanding because everybody's actually genuinely lovely people. But something's gone around like. So I like it when people are presented as messy human people who sometimes do clever things and sometimes do stupid things and sometimes do selfless things and sometimes are selfish. And like what I really liked about this is there's a bit where Sarah thinks to herself, maybe this is like a karmic retribution thing. Maybe I need to do something. Now, at the time in the film, like we as an audience don't know that she's been waking up every day in the in the bed of her of sister's soon-to-be husband, yeah, Superman, uh, because she's had an affair with him literally the night before the wedding, which is what an insane thing to do. Yeah, um, that, that is mental with all your family I, around. I thought, yeah, exactly. But I, what I could not get over was what she thought was doing a good thing that would break her out of this, you know, karmic <laughs> time loop wasn't not having sex with him to begin with or breaking it off immediately with him and then going to tell her. It was waiting until the literal middle of her wedding to go and tell her that she boned her husband. Like, literally just before the I do's, P.S. he's been in my vagina. Yeah, (laughs) I suppose she couldn't stop that because that technically happened on the 8th and they're reliving the 9th. But, yeah, it is a weird thing to think about. Talk to her beforehand. Like, why do it? in front of the entire con like that everybody's there she's doing it in front of the whole crowd literally in the middle of the ceremony that is one of the least selfless things you could that's ways you could have broken that news to your sister <laughs> like, like imagine it's my sister's wedding day for some reason i'm in bed with <laughs> my sister's husband soon to be husband greg and i think right i should tell zoe when's the when's the best time to do this I'll wait until oh, I know. in front of everybody. It's the fact she was going to do it as an announcement to everybody. Yeah, she picks up the microphone first as though she's going to go, hey, fuck me last night, everyone. <laughs> like, like that's not going to be utterly fucking devastating awful. It just tickled me that that was her, like, because it's such a human thing to do is to think, oh, I should tell, <laughs> I should tell her that he's a, a dirty bastard and I'm an arsehole. Yeah. But 
it's just the way she chooses to do it is so funny to me because I'm like, that is such... Maybe she thought it had to be a grand gesture for it to count. I don't know. But I just thought, like, if that had happened to me on my wedding day, I think I might have murdered her. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might have actually killed them both. (laughs) Yeah, I, I do love later on, though, where she just enjoys the wedding and enjoys the day and gives that really nice speech and then turns around to him and goes, and you don't fuck this up. And he's kind of like, yeah, no, I won't. And then she gives him that look and he's like, I won't. <laughs> you already sort of did. Don't do it yeah. again. <laughs> Which is kind of ballsy when you know that you fucked her the night before. Yeah. it's. I do, I do also think it's quite funny that she's the one to say that when, like, you could have not slept with him as well. Like, you, there, there were two people that, that did this dirty tango. <laughs> like... um. But yeah, I suppose she's not the one getting married, so it doesn't really matter quite so much. Although yeah. it's actually worse, I think, because she's the sister. Like, I'd be more mad, I think, at my sister than my husband if that happened to me. Because I'm like, you're my sister, you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't have to worry about that because I've been married for nearly 13 years, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, it's Palm Springs. Like, I feel like we've zipped around so much we've barely like touched on what the film actually is. So it's essentially Andy Samberg reliving, going to... Now, is his girlfriend who's cheating on him also one of the sisters? Or have I no, made that up in my head? No, she's her friend, I think. Right, okay. So yeah, she's the bride's friend. I do love in his like... speech when he says about uh, Abe and Tala, <laughs> who do not look like siblings. <laughs> Such a great bit. <laughs> It is because I actually genuinely have a couple of friends who look like they're married within the family because they're so they're so similar looking. I'm like, wow! Did you check beforehand? Because being the nerdy twat I am, I was like, that's weird. Superman's marrying Veronica from Riverdale, but <laughs> oh, see, I didn't really watch like either of those things, so it didn't really it didn't really strike me. The um the sort of background character that I was very taken by because I like his work anyway is um. I think the character's name is Randy. Yeah. He's the guy at the wedding who keeps trying to chat up Sarah. And he's just a bit of a disaster. And the, the I, one who freaks out by... the slightest thing. Like the earthquake yeah. and then Andy Samberg <laughs> being in the thing. He's like, like yeah. he's freaking me out. He's freaking me out. Get him out of here. <laughs> he's played by Connor O'Malley, who I absolutely adore. Um, if you guys, if anybody, any of the listeners haven't already seen um, Tim Robinson's I Think You Should Leave sketch show, you absolutely should, because it's very, very funny. But what I love about Conor O'Malley, he's he's an actor who can barely get through half of what he has to do without laughing, or at least sort of looking like he's about to laugh. So, like, I just find him naturally funny anyway, because he looks on the edge of giggles. <laughs> and so every line he delivers just seems bananas, because it's coming from a man who's, like, giggling at himself. <laughs> I love, I absolutely love Conor O'Malley. I think he's wonderful. Um, and I think he needs to be more things, but also not as main characters, because I don't, I think it would be great in <laughs> as like a, a full, you know, full film of this guy. Yeah, this but has always like, been the thing that's bothered me, where they're like, that small character there is really funny. Let's make him the lead. It's like, no, that's not why he would have been funny. He was funny because yeah. he was the small side character. Mm. Like, uh, he's very funny in this film because he's in it. He gets like five or six good chunks, but then <laughs> like good lines, and then that's it. 
I love I when Sarah's he's... fucking with him, makes him put on the blindfold and then go into the room where Trevor's <laughs> servicing Misty. See, I, I'm not a big fan of that, but I will say I am very anti-prank generally. Oh, I, I am as a rule. I hate pranks. <laughs> I hate pranks. If anybody pranks me, if anybody who says they're my friend pranks me, they're no longer my friend. And I, I know that's, even if it's a tiny prank, I don't want it. It makes me not trust you. And I'm supposed to trust you. You're my friend. So, so like, I don't particularly like that, but it is a funny outcome, if that if that makes sense, in he, the film. He, he kind of deserves it because of his, you know, going back oh, to chat her up because he thought she'd be yeah. more dr- she'd uh, drunk a couple more drinks by that point. <laughs> yeah, he is relentless. Like you what sir, I love will about... end up on a list. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I love about the like the wedding scenes is um, there are a lot of sort of characters but nobody's like overbearing um so there's like a lot of funny lines a lot of people get to be very funny but it doesn't detract from what's going on with uh jk simmons and yeah. andy sandberg and christy Milioti. um so like you've got your conor o'malley you've got like i think it's uh <laughs> the bride's parents they're both really funny yeah. um <laughs> For, for different reasons when they start singing their song um and i love one of my favorite bits of the film is the sequence where andy sandberg it seems like he's trying to chat her up for the first time but we find out later that's actually not the case yeah. um where he tries to impress sarah by sort of weaving through the crowd yeah because it's like the choreography of that where it, everybody looks like they're dancing like they do at a wedding i.e badly and yet still he can follow their movements and like pick up the drop glass and like get in between the bloke who was blatantly trying to smack a woman's butt because he's perv. Like, like, and the song that's playing there, Megatron Man, is such a good fucking, <laughs> oh, it's such a groovy banger. Um, that's now on my liked playlist because of this film. <laughs> um, it's a really good tune. But I love like chore- choreography like that where it looks like natural movements, but you know, God, everything must have been staged down to like, a millimeter so that he could be in the right places at the right times for the yeah right i think bits. i read somewhere that that was five shots or five oh. takes cut together oh that's i mean that's still kind of impressive to be fair well yeah um, <laughs> yeah but like yeah i i love that because i mean if andy samberg danced at, at, across a, a dance floor at me like that i'd be a puddle <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> i'd have just melted i'd be like all right <laughs> <laughs> okay i guess we're dancing now um i i would take him and i would jerry him i properly jerry him i love that when they're talking about all the different people you select with and it's mm. and you do get you know him trying it with a guy yeah and what i quite like about that as well is that it's not um it's not like a jab at anyone it's not a nasty joke it's just a He's been doing this several times. He's like, oh, why not? I'll give it a go. I was going to say, if there's no consequences, why not try it? Yeah, absolutely. You never know. It might be life-altering for you. I do love the hypothesis of her, him sleeping with her dad. Him and Peter Gallagher <laughs> in that scene with her. What are we doing? I know this is crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's... that's I do love cool. when he's talking about having come with Jerry's like, put his penis in my bum hole. <laughs> Yeah, some of the lines yeah, I know still... Material matters don't really concern me. With the exception of booze and burritos and designer drugs and candy. Obviously, I'm not a Puritan. And sex, I assume. You fuck other people in here? Great question. You must, right? I have, but it takes a lot of work. And I try to live my life at this point with as little effort as possible. 
Huh. Have we roped up? No. At least I don't think so. So, like, who else? Right. Uh, well... Besides Misty. Daisy, the barkeep. You know, I once hit a guy with this car. Oh, yeah? I don't think he ever walked again. Oh. Darla. Oh. If you insist. I bet that was great. You would have bet right. What about Tala? No, but I have tried. May I cut in? It's the first dance. And that's a deal breaker? And that didn't work? It was a big swing. Right. <laughs> Who else? Hey, there you go. You fucked Jerry Schlieffen? Well, he fucked me. He put his penis in my butthole. Yeah, I know how it works. I'm really glad I tried it. He's a sweet guy. Nice shot. And that's it? That's all you got? Oh. Your dad. What are we doing? I don't know. Nah, I'm just kidding. Oh my god. Uh, I got you though. You did. <laughs> Some of the lines in this film are so I love great. the thing as well that he takes her to hide outside the window where Trevor and Misty are getting it on. Yeah. Like that's a normal thing to do. Again, <laughs> it kind of shows you how detached he is from feeling anything. Yeah, yeah, that he's just but, like got no qualms about like spying on that and encouraging Sarah to spy on that and so, yeah. I love this whole thing about you don't need a leg up and then Misty says hold my leg up and he just goes, That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many times he's heard her say that. Well, it's but the I fact think that that's... when he's really down when he's missing Sarah because she's disappeared and he's just led on the bed and they're in the bathroom behind. Yeah. Ugh. Well, one of the um, one of the things I love about this film, and that, like that's why I found, I love the bit right at the start of the film where he's lounging in the pool and Jerry comes over and like tries to hit on him a little bit, and uh, and Andy Samberg's like, oh, you know, not today, but maybe, maybe one day. <laughs> like you just you do once once you know that he has slept with him at least once, you do wonder like I wonder how many times. Every yeah. time he's just been that, like, as he worked his way through the entire wedding party, just because he could. <laughs> I love the thing about him saying he tried it on with the bride. <laughs> it's him trying to cut in on the first dance. <laughs> They're just staring at him like, this is the first dance? <laughs> that is, is, is that a solid thing? <laughs> I, yeah. I think as I, well, um... sort of moving away from the big characters, Misty's such a great character. When the bride mm. when Tala slips over and smashes her teeth. Oh my god! And then Misty's like, "You're ruining my big moment too." She's she such is... a great bridesmaidzilla type character. It's yeah. Awful. And I love the yeah. thing of when he breaks up with her. <laughs> She's like, "No, I don't like you, but <laughs> I'm breaking up with you." <laughs> the, the whole semantics pissing contest about that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like you can't fire me. I'll quit. It's like, well. Hmm. You did already get fired, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what I love about her right, is that, again, Braverman. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> they could they could absolutely have gone into like really sort of caricature territory with her, but actually they keep it at a level that it's like just this side of believable, um, which I really liked because I have seen and and heard and interacted with people very much like yeah. her and just thought, God. How do you exist? <laughs> like, how, how hasn't somebody punched you straight to death yet? <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. It's it's. She's very funny. Um, I, she I, is. 
Oh I yeah, love, I love Camilla Mendes and Tyler um, Hecklin as well as the just the couple. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, I he mean, gets I a bit more than she does. I love his whole thing when he gets stabbed in the face with a fork. Is that a he's fork, like, in, a my fork in my face? And I love when he's in the shower and she goes in and tells him it was a mistake. They shouldn't have done it all that. He just starts, he just crying, starts goes, crying. I am a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that is you know you should have thought of that before you know you boned your you soon yeah, to be but, bride. You know when the but... when the blood runs to the wrong place, you know. Don't, you don't always think with the correct brain in it, yeah. <laughs> and I love when um, Andy Sambo tells Misty to shut up and go fuck Trevor. <laughs> she's like what <laughs> there's a excellent use of the word sauce pot as well just just yeah. want to point that out it's not it's not pertinent to anything but i like it <laughs> i uh i'm often like sometimes if you just use a word that i don't hear very often in a film i'll automatically love it um what's what's great about this film i think sort of going back to the the main characters is that andy sandberg's really good at playing like a sort of funny every man because um as much as i absolutely adore uh groundhog day you know my opinions on bill murray as a man separated <laughs> extremely from that um <laughs> like phil isn't isn't that relatable because he is a bit of a cunt like <laughs> well, he's, he's a caricature of an asshole and the other problem you've got with grand order which i love grand order five-star masterpiece yeah we'll yeah, discuss yeah. we'll have discussed it in the grand hog day episode but the big problem with grand hog day now is that it's essentially a guy using an infinite time loop to manipulate a girl into falling in love with him <laughs> yeah which is one of the things <laughs> it was romantic in the 90s <laughs> yeah it's um it's not the greatest of i mean i suppose you could sort of level that at this film as well but i don't I actually feel like the love story with them is much more natural, just them yeah, getting to know I, I don't ever her. get the feeling he manipulates her. I, I don't no. even get the feeling that when he's seducing different people, I don't think he ever manipulates anybody into doing it. He doesn't use it. Yeah, no, I think he just charms them. them. Yeah, just charms them the way he would normally charm a person he wanted to shag or date. It's like, <laughs> um, it, it, it helps with, with her it being with stuck in the who clearly was into it, and Jerry was yeah. clearly into it. And... Yeah. I think it helps with Sarah as well, with her being in the loop, because she's remembering remembering everything now. Because, like, obviously, when it comes out later that actually he had had sex with her a few times, we don't know how many because he doesn't even know. <laughs> um, before she got stuck in the loop, she's quite upset about that, which yeah. is understandable because I wouldn't like to have sex and not know about it. It's pretty awful. Um, but. Yeah, there's no there's no sense there. Like she forgives him quite easily for it because he's like, well, he's actually a genuinely nice guy. He's just stuck. <laughs> he's so stuck, and he's just rudderless, and he just doesn't know what what to do. Um, so he's found, you know, like you say, he's not. It's not like he's yeah manipulating people or trying to be an asshole. He's just like trying to make connections and. Well, he has that great line, trying doesn't he? About, have that human experience still. He has that great line about it's not. They won't remember the things we did to him, but we remember it. We've got to live with that. Yeah, yeah. When he's talking to Sarah about like the consequences, it's like, yeah, everything gets erased, but you still remember you did it. Yeah. And that adds yeah. so much again, a ton of depth to his character. Oh yeah, absolutely. Remember the things Be- we do. It. That's why I. 
I don't know if I like the way it ends where he doesn't seem to be aware anymore that he was ever in a loop. Well, um, I think he is. I think I think what it is is the version of him in uh, Roy's loop is now the version just... that doesn't know he... It's got to be... It's where you start to get into multiverse kind of things as well. Like, like technically pre-loop. Because it's like <laughs> if... At the end of that day, if those time loops continue on, would Sarah, Niles and Roy all disappear from that timeline to restart the day again? Does it start, like they say, does it start again for everybody, but they just don't remember? Or they're not aware that they're stuck in a loop? Or, you know, does an alternate version of Roy and (laughs) Niles and that carry on living it? Because that that mid-credit scene fucked my head. Because for one, the goat disappears from the timeline. Yeah. When he break or disappears from the time loop, rather. So, in theory, Sarah Niles should then disappear from the time loop. Yeah. But then that, so then that mid-credit scene, you're like Niles shouldn't even be there. But then, but then that's a head scratcher. So I think it is that, you know, the Niles that Roy then goes to meet because he's no longer in the time loop is never aware of it's sort of pre pre loop pre loop Niles. Yeah, so it's 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 a pre loop Niles or a Niles <laughs> that never went in the loop. It's again, it's yeah. You sort of go into a two territory like, oh, I've gone cross eyed. <laughs> and this is why you don't think about it and you just yeah. accept it and you have a lovely time. You, you basil exposition it and you like, I suggest you don't worry too much about it, and I suggest you well, don't worry about it too much either. <laughs> what I find interesting about the film is that, like, it it, it it's one of the rare sort of movies where this. Because like a rom-com doesn't normally go this hard into the science fiction. But with her sort of learning the quantum physics and trying to find a way out, they sort of have to sort of waffle up a bit of fake science. And it's presented to you in such a way that it makes absolutely no sense, but all of the sense at the same time. So you just accept it. You I don't think because they give you like, just you know enough information. Yeah. Because it's also like, weird okay. that- it's a rom-com, but it doesn't feel like a rom-com in the traditional sense. Yes, you get the beats where they like separate, they fall out and separate and then get back together and all that. But you don't feel like you're watching a rom-com. You feel like you're watching two people organically On a journey. come together. Because the chemistry yeah. between those two are great. They're both so good in this. Because yeah, you know to what? me, I... she was the mother from How I Met Your Mother. She I, was done dirty in that, I'm telling you. Like, yeah. I was livid when she turned out to be the mom, and then they just killed her straight away. I was like, what are you doing? She's fantastic, you stupid, stupid people. Yeah, I think she's brilliant. And I, I th- Andy Samberg's got that wonderful, like I was saying before, he's, like, he's so good at playing, like, the sort of everyman in that, like, he is, like, yeah, he's cute and funny and a bit Hollywood, but he's also, like... <laughs> Just just this side of weird enough looking that you wouldn't necessarily believe that he could get every single person that he tried with. And he's also like, yeah, messy and he makes mistakes and, you know, he's a bit of a disaster and he doesn't yeah. know what he wants and he <laughs> doesn't know where he's going or what he's doing. Um, and that's very, like, he's very good at playing that sort of, like, um, re- relate- relatable man, <laughs> uh, which... Um, yeah, I, I really, I just think that those two together were just absolutely great. Although I, the one thing I did make write down in my notes, and I will, <laughs> I did want to, I did want to bring it up, is I can't think of anything. Worse. Now, I've already said I'm sex averse, so I don't go around boning <laughs> anybody anyway. But the idea of having sex upon boulders, that can't be comfortable, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I was thinking that. that... <laughs> 
It, it's almost lucky he got cock blocked by an arrow to the shoulder, stopping him from having rock sex. Yeah. Like she's trying to like scramble up to straddle him with her knees all over these rocks, and I'm just like, this looks like the absolute least sexy thing I've ever seen in my time. Which, on the one hand, is kind of funny because, like, you know, films have typically tried to, you know, really glamorize and romanticize sex to the point that sometimes when people have it, they go, "Oh, this is what it is." <laughs> <laughs> like, like I was sex. to believe I don't, this. I was... don't see how beach sex could ever be comfortable or sexy. Get you were the get... sand away from my crevices. Good God, I can't. We, I hate sand. Like I don't even like sand between my toes. Yep. So it can absolutely, yeah. I, I'm very Anakin just... Skywalker when it comes to sand. Yeah, it's what's the point of you? You little pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it but yeah when they when like they it's what you think is the first time that they're going off to <laughs> sleep with each other but it's actually just the time prior to her getting dragged into the loop as well um is uh yeah it's like they're trying to do a sexy on a bunch of rocks now part of me wonders it's never really addressed in the film but part of me wonders if he really took to her anyway and sort of brought her out there near to the cave that causes you to get stuck in a time loop if you go in it, just on the off chance that she might wander in and then he could be stuck with her forever with somebody else who was in the loop. <laughs> uh, because... Are we talking a slightly less disturbing uh, Chris Pratt in Passengers? I've never seen that because I'm not a big fan of uh, of, of the Chris Pratt Um so I don't, I don't know, but like it's, it's fun. I don't the think, problem I don't is think that he was... essentially condemns a woman to death by waking her up just so he's got company that's fit. Brilliant. But, so, great. so this, 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 an argument. I, I don't know because <laughs> well, I think he saw what happened with Roy. I don't think he would deliberately. And he, it does generally tell him not to follow him in, but I, th- yeah, there possibly is a subconscious thing of. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think it was a purposefully manipulative uh, ploy to get somebody stuck in the loop that he could be with forever. But I think he was so resigned at that point to, you know, I've tried literally every different version of this day that I can think of, every different version of a death for myself. I've tr- I've tried, you know, like there's a part where she's like, have you thought about maybe it's karmic? And he's like, no, I haven't ever thought about the multiverse and uh, bifurcate. Yeah, of course I haven't. Uh. <laughs> and you're like... See, I wonder with that, because the way he's watching her, I when she's trying to, like, you know, karmically do a good thing, I get the feeling he possibly did try karma because, again, he's aware that Groundhog Day exists. Oh, yeah, well, that's that's what I mean. I mean, I feel like he, at that point, subconscious, like, consciously... I think he's just letting her do her thing and, yeah. Yeah, I think think consciously he's tried every single way of getting out of that day that he could possibly think of and then plus (laughs) being murdered repeatedly by J.K. Simmons. Um, And so, but so subconsciously, he is kind of desperate for, like, an actual lasting connection with somebody because obviously all of his connections just reset every day so he has to start the day with a girl he knows is cheating on him and he has to go to the wedding of somebody who he doesn't particularly like and like all of this sort of stuff and I feel like subconsciously like I said I don't think it's purposefully manipulative but did he go to that particular spot did his brain take him and her there because he could have I mean they were at a resort they could have gone to many beds anyone's bed no I I, I think I think you're possibly right because there's also that line he has later about being stuck in the time loop for so long that everything just sort of drifts away. Yeah. So you no longer think necessarily about consequences or you're not conscious yeah. of everything you're doing. Because again, 
it's really dark some of the stuff in yeah. this film especially because that I comes don't... after they've had that really cool, good montage of the two of them just wasting time yeah i love like, that the bit where they're killing her in a car and... my, my, the bit that i really like is uh is the bit where they go into that bar that's like not oh i do this choreographed dance like, do the little stupid choreographed dance and then smash a bottle on the floor and leave. <laughs> and it's just like the stupidest, saddest thing. Like they think they're being really cool and like, yeah, like we've come into your bar and messing around. But it's actually just like so lame and adorable. <laughs> it's, that, it's, um, that, it's them stealing the plane and then it running out of fuel so they crash it. And <laughs> yeah, it's and um, just the nonchalant. Oh, that's not good. And then obviously they, they ruin Misty's moment with Trevor and the dick tattoos. Which I like that he like you know wants a car going through flames. And she actually <laughs> yeah, just wants it. She wants, she wants yeah. Are you kid. getting the G's right? Are you getting the G's right? Uh, yes. It's I just love the wedding thing with the uh, bomb in the cake, and she comes in as a pirate. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really funny. And, and I the whole family the... just looking at her like, "What is this?" I, I adore the look on her face when she presents him with the happy millionth birthday dipshit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which he hasn't and they've stolen the wedding cake but and he has that look on his face of like hasn't been that long has it <laughs> but has it though i don't know but then after that like say you get the bit where he talks about he can't remember what he did for a job yeah because it'd been so long and then the whole thing about you know everything drifts away after a while mm. it's it's a really like it does get like yeah, really, really quite sad. The um, the other bit that always gets me, and I like I uh, <laughs> I alluded to it earlier, is there's a bit where um, Sarah's gone off to try and learn quantum physics. Niles doesn't know that, but he's just aware that she's not there anymore. <laughs> um, so he decides to drive out to J.K. Simmons's house and be like, what? Just basically have a meltdown. <laughs> Because he's just, he's so sad and he's I so I love in that, that Roy doesn't even know Niles' name. Yeah. Because obviously uh, was, they were high on the drugs they stole from Trevor in front of everybody. And I love that scene where they get together and then they've taken the drugs and they're sat in the bath together laughing and then they're hug dancing. It's so good. Their hug dance is so adorable. It, it, those um, two together, I mean, they played father and son before and that, but... They're just so yeah. good together. I'd have watched a film where it was those two falling in love. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? I might have. <laughs> um, but that, that bit where he goes to his house and they sort of have that conversation where he's like, look, you know, every day I get up, uh, I watch my daughter still be, you know, nine years old or wherever old she is. I watch little Joey tending to his dog. He's watering a dog shit. Watch little Joey tending to his dog shit. And that's every day for me. And I'm never going to walk her down the aisle. Uh, and I'm never going to like watch his football games. That's but, heartbreaking, that scene. Yeah, Somebody pointed like, out that the daughter's on a rocking horse, which is something that never goes anywhere. And the son's watering a dog shit that will, is, he's watering something that never will never grow. grow. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, not, um, it's not subtle in its symbolism, but it's, it's very effective in the, that, that the first time I saw this film and that scene happened, because you just think, like, even with both Groundhog Day and this, even when they go through the, like, suicide part, it's still kind of silly, funny, jokey, yeah. ah, I'm stuck in a time loop, lads. <laughs> but then this hits you with, like, yeah, I'm never going to see my kids grow up. And do all the things that fathers get to do with their children. So I'm just going to have to learn to be okay with watching little Joey tend to his dog shit 
and watching my daughter just rock on this horse. In so my when garden you start saying about how great the day actually is, yeah, you know, in the afternoon she's going to do a family portrait. I'm a bear, <laughs> <laughs> and all that. It's that, really um, sweet. I had a lot of anger towards you, man. I mean, I'm not going to see my kids grow up. Never going to walk a little Libby down the aisle. I guess I had my head up my own ass. I mean, I, I didn't really comprehend what I was putting you through. A little stint in the hospital really opened my eyes, though. This was always a good day here, you know? My wife in the prime of her womanhood. Little Joey tending his dog shit. Libby's gonna do a family portrait later this afternoon where we're all animals. I'm a cuddly grizzly bear. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. You gotta find your Irvine. I don't have an Irvine. We all have an Irvine. The film I mentioned earlier, that um, map of tiny perfect things, one of the things in that is that the, because it's two teenagers, the boy, since he's been stuck in the time loop, hasn't seen his mum because she leaves work before he wakes up. Oh, no. So he just hasn't seen his mum for the time he's been stuck in that loop. Oh, that'd be awful. And it, it's part of the thing in it. I won't spoil the film, but it's part of the thing in it. And it's just, yeah, it's a really nice thing. And this, from the opposite end, a parent, which, you know, on the one hand, as a parent, you're like, I wish they'd stay like this forever. Yeah, and you'll never see, like, you'll never see them die. <laughs> like, that's great. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, yeah, it's like you'll never, you'll also never see them grow. And like you say, I mean, you know, doing all those family milestones i think that's what i i really liked about this film is that it is very very funny and it is very very sweet and it's almost in i would say at times it's very close to being a little bit twee actually um i think it always manages to stay on the right side of sentimentality yeah, yeah. but um, it's, i think the it's, jk simmons thing is the closest thing that gets to it because you realize how tragic the roy character is given that he's set up as oh, this funny guy who's just trying to kill andy sandberg <laughs> yeah, but then oh, you yeah, find when out he... that not only does he not seen his kids, but he has that heartbreaking line of "There's nothing worse than being stuck in a time loop by yourself." Yeah, because I love his whole you know find your Irving thing, which I didn't yeah, realize. I just first like... it was on the second view o'clock that he lives in Irving. Yeah, it just it's it it it's sentimental without being too yeah it's not sickening <laughs> and it's like what i liked about it as well is it's not it's not cynical in the way that a lot of films with that sort of storyline yeah, could you be. never feel like you're being manipulated into yeah um, feeling a certain way yeah it's and it's the little ways that they sort of clue you in on how unhappy niles is and how long he has been there that that i think are really clever as well because um it's really hard to actually uh, sort of communicate the passage of time when you're just showing the same day over and over yeah. again. <laughs> um, yeah, especially when your character can't age or physically yeah. alter in any way. Um, yeah, I yeah. love as well that he's kind of scared to leave the time loop, a bit like somebody who's been in prison for so long. 
Well, I, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting thing because, like, if I was at a point where I couldn't even remember who I was before I was in the loop, like what I did, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I would, I would genuinely be shit scared of leaving it too because the other thing as well is this this film does a very good job of sort of making the time loop vaguely enticing whilst also making it uh, making you aware that it's very shit. Yeah. Like it's it's awful on the one hand because of X, Y, and Z, but then also you can do things like kick the bride in the face for a laugh, and it doesn't matter because tomorrow she'll not have been kicked in the face. Like you know, See, I mean, I'm not I'd saying that, that she... thing in the back of my head that this would be the day that it fucking doesn't reset. I think I'd be worried about that as well. So I would probably just keep repeating the day, literally almost exactly the same as close as I could get it, which would be intensely boring. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like that, there is that vague thing where you you understand why he doesn't want to leave the loop because it's been so long for him that he doesn't even really know how to person anymore. <laughs> like, um, you know, like he how long had they been in that loop together and he'd never mentioned that he had a dog. <laughs> well, that's it. It's like how how do you function when you get out of that loop, going back to a normal life, having a routine again that isn't just yeah. lying in a pool, being a bit of a dick at a wedding, and then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, being a, an, a, a sort of weird participant at a wedding. We we glossed um, over when he was talking about the people he slept with, the uh, hand job he gets in the back of the limo from the barmaid. Yeah, she's when talking you were... about having killed somebody in the car. <laughs> that, to me, is hands down, like the most uncomfortable handy scene yeah. <laughs> like I've ever I've ever happened across. But the weird thing but... is, and I love it, is that it works. Because huh? she she brings him to a finish. Oh, yeah. When she talks uh, about, you know, and he died. Like, ah. I can't help but wonder if that was a little bit of a fear boner on his behalf for having a, a dangerous lady uh, lady's hand on his penis. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> fear boners are real. If it works, um, it works. Um, the, the one the, thing uh, that, that sticks out for me is Andy Samberg doesn't seem like a Niles to me I know it's Niles with a Y but I think David yeah. Hyde Pierce has ruined that name for everybody I d- yeah I don't like the name Niles anyway it feels like a snooty English name I don't know why because I don't think it even is but um, it, yeah like it's, I say, it's, it's just Fraser's brother <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a weird name for him to have um, <laughs> like he, he's, he very much strikes me as like an Andy like a personable Every man, Andy. Yeah. Is that <laughs> you an know Andy I mean? or a Nick or a Brad or yeah. something like that? You know, you guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. He's a bit of a dick, but at the same time, he's he's, he's all just, right deep down. A, a very human man. Um, I really like the bit where um, when he finally realizes that actually he does want to get out of this loop because he loves Sarah and he wants to actually see where things go with her, even if it might hurt or it might imploding his face even if he's they both give it a die go. together yeah um and i love be the bit with her than trapped <laughs> without her yeah they i love the bit when they're walking into the cave about to blow themselves up because first of all i love the song cloud busting by yeah. kate um kate bush i think it's a really brilliant track and i love the fact that as they're walking in there to do something so like dramatic and serious and terrifying and she's just making your mom jokes at him yeah. Which is just so like indicative of their like nonsense relationship. You've got that that great thing of come on, let's see if we blow up and die. And then he's like, Where am I gonna take you when we get out of this loop? He's like, Your mum's house. 
He's like, this was a mistake. Your mum was a mistake. Your mum was a mistake. <laughs> like, that's that's genuinely how I wish I would be, like, how cool and collected I would be as I was about to potentially blow myself up and die. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, let's talk, two things to talk about. Mm-hmm. One, the dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't what? know what was going on there. What do you think is the significance of the dinosaur? Well, because they so appear my... again at the end, don't they? Which I think yeah. Andy Samberg has said that was there to put a moment of doubt in your mind. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the first time that they appear, which is when they've both been doing a little bit of of, of drugs, mushrooms, was it? it I think it, maybe mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. And they're having like quite. <laughs> I've never done drugs. Uh, but based on what I've seen in movies, it seems like drugs either make you into an absolute giggly loon or you just decide to have the world's most in-depth phys- uh, philosophical conversations. Or you Gary Oldman <laughs> and Leon. I've not seen that. I've not seen it. You're There's so many films I've not seen. basically a drugged-up murdering prick. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair. Um, but, like, for me, I I got the feeling that that was sort of representing how this time loop is like dinosaurs are stuck in time they're never going to come back yeah. do you know what i mean like they are of the past and they are stuck there they'll never well i mean i say never i can't predict the future but it's very unlikely that dinosaurs will make a comeback <laughs> um, and I, I get the feeling that that was representing like he was seeing them because he's also stuck uh maybe in the past or like literally in this loop um of not really trying to move forward but at the same time it was it was it's like i was saying about the loop the loop is a blessing and a curse so that the dinosaurs are like a representation of like how stuck he is but at the same time how like how many beautiful exciting wonderful things he's done that he would never have got to do or would never have thought to do if he wasn't stuck in a time loop with this particular group of people. Um, and especially once Sarah got stuck in it too, like the the sort of um, magicalness of finding actual love <laughs> in a shit thing. Yeah. <laughs> if any of that makes any sort of sense. I, uh, I, I did media studies for a year um, and I think I know everything about film. <laughs> I don't. <Fair> <laughs> That's more than a lot of people have done who've got YouTube channels, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I think that's what that's what that was. Uh, also, trying to indicate to you as well that these people are off their face on drugs, lads. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah. I, I wonder whether it was a drug illusion or whether it's like an echo of time that opened up around the portal in the cave, kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. I, I like that it's not explained. You don't find out what it is. I like as well that you've got the Nana character who it's heavily hinted is also in a time loop, but she's just happy to relive that day at the wedding over and over again. Oh, well, that's the thing because like, you know, for you being stuck in a time loop at a wedding would be absolute hell, wouldn't it? Cause you hate weddings. But for some people like it's a day off work, you're spending it with your family and your loved ones. You get to have a drink and a dance and a cake. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the other thing that's interesting about it being the Nana character is that it's an older person who is at the end of her life. Not saying, you know, she's going to drop down dead the next day, but she's at the end of her life. You know, she's lived her life. She's now just enjoying the wind down until 
be forever to yeah. kind of thing. So to be trapped yeah. in that but, on a good day. Will that ever happen? Yeah. <laughs> is she ever going to die? It's so... just immortality, isn't it? She gets to relive a wonderful day for her over and over again. Yeah. It's the way I and see it. Can... And I thought it was really nice. Because I love her thing about, I suppose you'll be yeah. going soon. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. It's I, I love that little hint of like, because I love the idea as well. So that the we didn't explain this earlier, but the way you get stuck in the time loop is there is a cave that has a weird sort of portal in it, but that cave doesn't become a thing until an earthquake happens that day and the sort of entrance sort of, you know, shifts so you can actually get in there. And um, I love the idea that that granny was just like wandering around <laughs> in the nearby like sort of mountain deserty. I don't know. Palm Springs is a weird place. I like the idea um, that Niles took her out there for some. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe. And she yeah. followed him in because that's the other thing. Yeah. You never find out how he found it and ended up in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the feeling it was because he found his girlfriend uh, with somebody else's tongue deep inside her. Yeah. And, and so he just went walked off into the desert. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just pissed off for a bit. It's like, fuck, fuck yeah, it's, it's going to be something like that. But again, yeah, I do like, like, I've said this before about films, like, I am, I'm not the world's smartest person, but I'm also not an idiot. <laughs> so I like when a film gives you enough to make you have a tasty little think about something, but doesn't spoon feed everything to you or not answer any questions at all. <laughs> like, well, no, I like that's that... what fires up people's imaginations to then create their own stories, isn't it? It's Yeah, yeah. I like I like enough of a tease so that it's a t- tantalising, tasty treat, but but not so much that I'm just sitting there going, no, but why? That but that doesn't why though. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like, worse in a film than somebody fucking stopping in the middle of the action to explain to me what's going on. I'm like, dude, I I would have figured it out for myself or come up with I my own headcanon. I can't remember what film it was recently uh, that me and Rich watched. But there was a bit where there was like a reveal at the end of like, oh, it was me all along. But then they went back and they re-showed you like six or seven scenes where this person was doing the things. And I was like, I saw that already. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not an idiot. I could put two and two together. Like, you don't need to spend three minutes re-showing me things I've already seen in this film. Yeah. I was so livid. Where I, I'm so livid. Well, it didn't even do that. It was literally just like, here's the scene again. And I'm like, hold on. I I knew that. (laughs) I wish I could remember what it was, but uh, clearly I was so mad I just forgot (laughs) forgot the film. Um, Yeah, it's... Yeah. yeah. It's just fucking lazy. It is. It's it's cool in a heist movie where you get to see how they pulled the heist off with the bits you didn't know but they're showing you the bits you didn't know. It's people seem yeah, to think it's not... we can show you that and then show you it, but with this guy's face now, I figured it out, man. Yeah. 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 It's um, not that I could write a better film because I'm a terrible writer, but yeah, things like that just feel so lazy to me. Or like, do you think so little of your audience that you don't think that they could go, oh yeah. It feels <laughs> like, like a studio just... note, doesn't it? Where they're just kind of like, you just need yeah. to explain this to people. It was clear when it happened. <laughs> like, it, was, it was fine. They just need to remember. That's um, what fan fiction's for. If you want to go down oh, that route. I love a bit of fan fiction. Well. Some of it's so good. Like, some of it's trash, obviously. But 
I think I said this the last time I was on the on this show in that I like I like fan fiction because I think of it the same way I think of comics in that some writers and artists are going to jive with me and I'm going to like their stories uh, and some aren't and it's just fans of a franchise playing in that sandbox yeah. and some of those games you will enjoy and some of them won't be for you but it's fine <laughs> I don't know why fan fiction gets such a bad rap anyway this is a <laughs> Stace defends fan fiction yet again uh, <laughs> from arseholes on the internet um this is me talking about how in love i am with both andy sandberg and Kristen milioti yes she so deserves to go on to much bigger things after this i mean it's, it's been like three nearly four years now well um, there was a tv show that she was in and i can't remember if it came out roughly around the same time as this film or just after and the first season of it was fucking great um Oh, God, I wish I could remember what it's called. I am so bad with my memory. I'm so sorry. Um, I'll have to look it up and like text you afterwards so you can maybe share it on the socials <laughs> when the episode comes out. But um, it was like a uh, like an inventor had come up with basically some way of like sort of controlling her. And it was it was very creepy and weird and a bit sort of Black Mirror, but, but better. I like Black Mirror, but it is very cynical and like... Core people are awful, aren't they? <laughs> she, she was in Where, a Black Mirror. She was, yeah. Um, but the second season of it was was quite bad, actually, um, which was a shame. Because <laughs> I hate when, when you're just like really into something and then it becomes a bit crap. And then I think it—I don't think it got a third series, so it didn't even finish anyway. Made for love. <laughs> Made for love. That was it. Yes. Um, yeah, the first season was really, really good. And then the second season was like, what am I looking at? <laughs> but she was wonderful in both, if that um, helps. <laughs> but yeah, no, she deserves to be in more films. I mean, Andy Samberg's yeah. fine. He's, he's he's set. I think but, he's okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she, she definitely does. Like I say, and the two of them together just got such great chemistry. I, I do have some questions about him getting out of the time loop, if you fancy having a quick go at those. Oh, go on. Well, for one, they're now going to exist in a world where Spud thinks that Niles is his son because he tells Spud that he's his, his well um, he's his see, son so he can get a ride on the bike see again it sort of depends on how the loop is for everybody else because if we're assuming that once Andy Sandberg and Christy Milioti are out of the loop but J.K. Simmons is still in it so J.K. Simmons remembers him and that but but Niles doesn't I would assume then that once once Niles is out of the loop, that that day would have reset for Spuds as well. So I, I it think have, it I would think be Roy's back at the point where is now a different bubble. Well, yeah, because I think old lady's loop is a different thing too. But yeah. <laughs> Nana's loop is yeah. Don't think about it too hard. Um, yeah, let's let's just not. <laughs> We're going by the Groundhog Day rules. They've done that. They've got out of the time loop, and then tomorrow actually comes. But tomorrow, everything they did in that day before they got out of it is now canonically in their timeline. Mm -hmm. So he stole Ted's truck, which he's going to have to explain that. Um, he's, he's told Spud that he's his son. <laughs> yeah. So you've got that. And then do the dinosaurs in the very last shot before the mid-credit scene indicate that maybe they're now trapped in a different to tomorrow, but they're the now trapped day. in tomorrow. 
Yeah, I'd never put that much stock into that. I just thought that was a lovely callback and they enjoyed putting dinosaurs on the screen. I didn't really think anything of it. Um, I, I think it I think... is there to... I'm, I'm being pedantic because one of the things I always like to ask is whether you'd like to see a sequel or no, absolutely a spin off from it. And I don't think <laughs> you'd do that, but if they did do it, it would literally be them trapped in that day, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I... Um... It could be that, and I think if that's your interpretation of it and that makes you happy, then it's absolutely fine yeah, for you to see again, it that way. I, I but, like that open-ended thing. And I think Andy Samberg said they did like a ton of different endings and then showed them to different people to see which one yeah. played the best. Yeah. Yeah, I just sort, sort, thought of uh, thought of it as like, oh, dinosaurs are fun, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, in <laughs> or, my head. Like, maybe they're high again. <laughs> like, in my head, they're out of it. The dinosaurs are maybe just a thing that that portal is still out there. Yeah, but I, I do like it does be the thing that if you know they could be in a new time loop or mm. or whatever. Um, I like the idea that you know Roy gets out of the time loop and then they can all go hang out together. Yeah, you can be like, I got out the day after you, and it was completely you didn't know who I was. Yeah, no. With um, in terms of a sequel, I mean, I don't think I don't think a sequel could live up to what this film is, so it would be pointless to me. I don't think <laughs> because... you could do a sequel. There's only been one time loop film that I'm aware of that is a film we're going to be discussing in this time loop month series, which is Happy Death Day got a sequel. Ah, yes. Yeah, and like even that felt a bit weirdly. I prefer the sequel. I think it's because I think I like the sci fi element more than I like the horror element. I like in the sequel to that, um, that it wasn't just a time loop thing with that. Yeah. It was a multiverse thing as well. They brought more yeah. into it, which I think is the only way you could do a sequel to a time loop movie. Because like I say, yeah. you did this, but it's just November 10th now is the sequel. Yeah, but yeah. I, the I they know how to get out like, of it for one. Well yeah, I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is is that once you've already established the rules, unless you really fuck those rules up, in which case the first film doesn't make sense, then because like I was saying, I don't expect the science to be real science that makes genuine sense. But you have to stick with your own. To me, anyway, I'm a bit. I'm a bit of a stickler. Like, like it bothers me. <laughs> it sounds really stupid, but it bothers me sometimes when Doctor Who does one thing and then and or says one thing and then does another. Like, yeah. just as an example off the top of my head, I think there's an episode. I can't remember. Might have been Father's Day where they go into the past and the Doctor is like, "Do not touch your past self. Bad things will happen." But then other episodes, people are just straight up hugging themselves in the past and all of the touching is happening and no one gives a shit. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, no, it's, you said it's that, that was catastrophic. Of, that's, the, that's the trouble with things being around so long, isn't it? You forget your own rules. Yeah. yeah, and like my hubby, he's the kind of person who's like, I genuinely don't care as long as the stories are good. Whereas I get a little bit, and I don't mean to, but I can sometimes get a bit, a little bit hung up on that because I'll be like, no, but you said you couldn't do that. So either you were lying before <laughs> yeah. or something was special about that person, but you but you need to explain to me what, and then I get a bit, I get stupidly hung up, and I shouldn't. Um, no, so I'm yeah, like as long I'm, as the film sticks with its little bits like that. Yeah, as long as it sticks with its own internal logic, and I think, like you say, when you're doing a time loop movie, if people already know how to get out of it. Although I suppose, I guess, with this film, if they did end up just in the next day time loop, they don't really know how to get out of it so much as they know roughly how to get to the next day, which yeah. is sort of getting out of it, but not. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to blow um, yourself up at the end of every day. Which, every where did she get day, that C4 yeah. from? Well, the, the other thing is, though, America, as well... But... The, the, other thing that, the, the other thing is, though, as well, is that I sort of envision, and I don't know why, 
that after they go into the cave and blow themselves up, they would have closed the cave to them because they've blown the cave up. (laughs) But again, I don't. I don't think about it. Don't worry about it. No, I, I quite like that. I've not <laughs> considered that. But yeah, I do quite like the idea that they just close the cave off as well. Yeah, like it's not an option for them to go back. Like if, if their lives go horribly wrong, they can't just opt <laughs> to time loop again. <laughs> yeah. if that's the way my brain went. But um, the, the film doesn't say that for definite. So like take take that with as much salt as you fancy. Um, But that's, like I say, what I like about this film is there's a lot of different ways to read it that are all equally valid and whatever makes you happy (laughs) is absolutely fine. Like I say, I love that we, because it's not one person trapped in a time loop and it's not necessarily set to a day time loop. If you can stay awake, you can stay out a bit longer. But I like that you get to see three different interpretations of a time loop that we definitely know about. Mm-hmm. and one that we possibly know about with Nana. Yeah. And I love that they're all different things. So Andy Samberg's been there so long, he's gone past the suicide phase, and he just doesn't want it. Um, Sarah pretty much instantly is like, I don't want to live in this shit anymore. I can't keep waking up in the stage. She's waking it. up on the worst day of her life. Yeah. Uh, Andy Samberg's waking up on a day that he's pretty much indifferent to. He's at a wedding where he only really knows his girlfriend. I imagine yeah. possibly the bride. Um, then you've got Roy, who, like we say, is now trapped. who will never see his kids grow up. And then you've got Nana, who's just happy living in a time loop. She's just, just reliving really this her beautiful best day. day. Yeah, yeah. Although even that, I think, would get cloying after a while. I like I mean, the idea I love, that I love a good wedding, but even I would be like, after a bit, I'd be like, all right, I get it. You love each other, fucking hell. I like the idea that Nana's like, well, what am I going to do after this day? Get shipped back off to the fucking home and just watch Wheel of Fortune and wait for family to come and visit me on my birthday. Yeah, I mean, so Nana's like, fuck it, I'm going to live in this. I like the idea that Nana's figured out how you get out of it. She knows how you get out of a time loop. She's just Mm. never chosen to do it because I love that she says to her, you'll be leaving soon or you'll be leaving now then. It's kind of like, yeah, Nana knows the shit. Nana knows what's going on. Nana's done the exact same thing. She's figured out how to get out of it. She just doesn't want to. Or Mm. she's just so content that she doesn't, she knows there is a way out, but she just doesn't care what it is. Well, she'll take it whenever she's ready. I like the idea that Nana's been watching Sarah living out and then watched her on the wedding day as we did as well. And just see yeah. her embrace the day and love it and see the good side of it. Like, you know, not cringing at her dad and her stepmom anymore. Actually enjoying them, enjoying the day. Giving that awesome speech. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. that little story about her having nightmares and a five-year-old Tala coming in and just getting into bed with her. Yeah, that's so sweet. Such a lovely little thing. That's what I mean. This film is really sweet, but then it pulls you out of it. It doesn't hang on it long enough, but it also doesn't undermine it completely. It's like Andy Samberg's big speech to her where she tells him he's got a sentence and he's like, comma. <laughs> Ellipses. Um, yeah, like I think I think what's great about it is that every time it it just toes that line of like, oh, is it going a little bit twee? It will throw a joke or it will throw a kick in the fanny at you, yeah. and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> so it's always like constantly, uh, you're just constantly like sort of reassessing what you're what you're thinking because it's presenting you with like so much stuff. Um, and the more, because I've watched it about five times now, and it's only been out what like two and a bit years over here. Um, I 
I've watched it like f- five times. It's a full on comfort movie for me now because yeah, it's your just so. is pretty much this and Mutant Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and occasionally Rise of the TMNT, the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, and Step Brothers, actually. That's another, another comfort movie for me, but that's just purely stupid and I love it. Um, but the, the reason I like this movie so much is because I'm not like a big rom-com kind of a gal. Like, I usually like my romance stories with a heaping teaspoon of a different genre, like, um, I don't know, The Princess Bride, which is fantasy yeah. romance, or um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is like action, nerdy, nonsense romance. Um, so it's very, like, there's only like one or two just straight rom-coms that I actually enjoy. Um, and so what I like about this is that it does have that like science fiction element um, and it does have that like really, really like sort of sad philosophical stuff. But it is still very romantic and sweet and very, very funny. And it's so nice to watch a film where you just know you're going to get to the end and it's going to be lovely, but it's not going to make you want to do a sick because it's so gross and disgustingly sweet. Like, it's it's just it's it keeps being really funny and really relatable and it's just nice to like you get to the end and you think ah oh, that was lovely what a nice time I had with that film um, so yeah like I absolutely adore it and you know it's not hard to look at Andy Samberg and Christine Milioti for no. an hour or so is it so it's, that's great as well it's quite a snippy film <laughs> like it's not like three and a half hours long what are we doing here yeah it's the perfect like, runtime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it delivers what it needs to deliver: jokes, romance, and science. Wishy-washy nonsense Hollywood science, but still. Yeah. Um, in yeah, in it just delivers it straight to you. Here it is, job done, and you're like, great. <laughs> That's it. Just enough information that you can't overly nitpick it in the moment. You can nitpick it after the film, but while the film's on, you're just like, yeah, that's enough information for me to go with this. Yeah. Oh, I was absolutely. I mean, it took until like maybe the third or fourth viewing for me before I even started vaguely thinking about how actually the time loop works. And then I just thought to myself, do you know what? Don't ruin it for yourself. Just don't worry about it. Just yeah. accept that they were in the loop. Now they're out. <laughs> well, again, I think to be fair, if it wasn't for the fact that I was writing notes while I was watching it because I knew we were going to be talking about the film, therefore you watch it differently. Yeah. For the podcast, the amount of films I've watched differently because I'm having to pause it and make notes and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does put a different spin on it. Like, I was really looking out for things this it's, time. It's like how critics watch films compared to how me as a pleb just being like, you know, like, oh, I watch <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I uh, I was listening to a podcast recently that was talking about how they hate people who give one-star reviews for films because a film, unless it's literal dog shit, like, cannot be one-star because there's got to be something good about it, like... There's got to be some cinematography or, I don't know, some costuming or something, some bit of writing. And all I could think was, you would hate my Letterboxd account because yeah. I do I do not review things like a critic, even though I've got a podcast myself that is about reviewing. I review things like, would I ever want to watch this movie again? Absolutely not. Do not darken my doorstep. One star. <laughs> so, again, whereas I, this movie, I would direct that person to Home Sweet Home Alone. <laughs> this well i mean there's a there's a lot i mean i saw a film okay i'm gonna i'm gonna say this film because i want to give a psa to people to never watch this uh don't accident if you accidentally stumble across it somehow on some sort of streaming service and you think this seems interesting don't do it to yourself there's a film called girl in the basement right oh i love that, that film. Is, <laughs> it's about 
is about the Joseph Fritzl story. And it and it sort of tries to make it a bit romantic. And it's genuinely one of the most sickening, disgusting, Hallmark-style movies of a gruesome, awful <laughs> situation. And I like, I got to the end of it and I was like, I wish Letterboxd would let me give zero stars because I want to punch this movie in the fucking face. Like, it's so, yeah. If that If that person ever sees that movie and gives it at least three stars for, I don't know, cinematography they could fucking do one <laughs> now um, i'm torn do i put the trailer for that in the bonus features for this episode <laughs> oh no it's so bad i mean it's like a hallmark style movie anyway so it's already filled with like bad acting and bad writing and stuff but it it genuinely just try to make something nice out of it and you're like what are you doing anyway i don't want yeah, to talk about that I, movie more those, but, those hallmark type movies should stick to because there's a weird thing they like do rom-coms or serial killers, and then Christmas yeah. movies. Do the Christmas movies. Just stick to the Just stay in your Christmas lane. It's like Christmas that's their three lanes. <laughs> I don't know why they do that. Um, but like, yeah, Palm Springs was like an automatic five stars to me. And I know it's not perfect. I know people. That person probably will say we can't give it five stars if it's not perfect, mate. I don't think any film is literally perfect. But do I absolutely fucking love it? Yes. Will I rewatch it probably more than once a year? Absolutely. So five stars, baby. That's so I, I always think it's like a four star film, then you give it the extra star for how much you're gonna rewatch it or that. that yeah. Sort of I yeah, don't do well, half like, stars, so I, I see I do, but mostly because I'm indecisive and I I usually would rate out of ten anyway. So I just <laughs> see, I, I just go with my halves. When on I first that one, had so. Letterboxd, I was doing half stars, and I was like, it just seems a bit wishy washy. It's like it's either a three or four. There are sometimes films that are, do fall in that three and a half perfectly, but yeah. Where it's it's like, if it's... I can't quite bring it to a four, it's going to have to drop down to a three, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, so harsh! You're so harsh. I am brutal. Um, I'm brutal. But, but it yeah. makes me go back to it and then reassess it later on. Mm. but palm springs is like yeah my my opinion of it has not changed the number of times i've seen it five times i still absolutely adore it i'm still finding little hints and not really easter eggs but you know what i mean like little things that i'd not noticed before yeah, picking that up on hints. different things yeah yeah and i just i and i think everybody in it as well really brings their a game because there's there's so many uh, characters and stuff in it that could have gone too caricature or too big or too small even like too backgroundy and could have got lost in all the other stuff but everybody's playing that sort of perfect level of like normal person wedding but a little bit a little bit extra silly yeah. <laughs> because it's a rom-com do you know what i mean like it's a bit I, exaggerated it's definitely what i like to call a no small parts film again everybody seems to be yeah. perfectly cast in it even like down to tiny things, the scene he has with Jerry, uh, Jerry where he confesses that he's in love with Sarah. Yeah. And oh. Jerry's kind of like, okay, that's good. Because <laughs> Jerry clearly <laughs> thinks he's going to be getting lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And obviously for Jerry, we assume that's like the first time they've even really had a conversation. Yeah. And he's like, uh, why are you just sort of meeting her today like what's what's this but even stuff like the stepmom and the dad saying about yeah. you know of course she disappeared the day's not about her and then in the background you've got andy sandberg either mixing a mai tai <laughs> or getting himself <laughs> a glass of water either yeah. chucking in you know maybe she's afraid this sort of thing or actually agreeing with her and they're just both times yeah. like, who are you 
Yeah, I think I think for me this movie is as close to perfect as a as a movie is probably ever gonna get. Yeah. Um I can't there's nothing I can point to and say, Well I'd change this, I'd do that differently, I'd cast this other person or whatever. Um all of the like the song choices are great, the set the score is really good too. I didn't make a note of who did the score, which was I didn't very remiss know. of me. Um but there's like some really great like sort of synth synthy synth wave stuff happening it's 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 just just a really well put together well written well acted well put together delightful movie it's another one of those films where even if the story itself wasn't that great you're just quite happy spending the time with the characters yeah yeah well that's why i think you don't worry about the science they give you enough for you to go all right but you don't dig into it because you just just want to see them get out of the loop yeah (laughs) you want to see them in that pool again later. Like. I think as with a lot of films, if you're coming out of it on the first viewing going, how does that work? How does that work? Then the film's failed you. Yeah, yeah. If it's I didn't like, you know, something you get into the more you talk about the film after first viewing it, fair enough. But if it's the mm. first thing that comes to your head. But, uh, it yeah. was Matthew Compton did the score. Okay. Yeah, I really loved it. I, I thought the, sto- the score was really good. And um, there's been some great, like, uh, I don't know if they're official posters or not, but, um, oh, I should have written this down. There's, like, a comic artist who did a really brilliant, like, sort of psychedelic poster for this. Oh, I've seen I'll, that one um, when I was looking for the poster for the artwork. I think it, it might be Matt Taylor, but it could be Matt Ferguson. And I can't, it's, I'm almost certain it's a Matt. I'm very sorry. Both of those people are really fucking good, though. So if you don't know their artwork, go and have a look at it. <laughs> I will um, try and find the poster. I'll try and the, yeah, the bonus I'll, I'll try and section. send it to you. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, so I I love when films resonate with people and they start. I love fan art. I think it's great. I love it when there's that sort of communal feeling of like, oh, this is something that's really made my day and I'm so passionate about it I want to make a thing whether that's like I say like a a fan poster a bit of fan fiction like whatever I love that sort of stuff because I as much as like (laughs) a lot of people seem to think that I don't really like stuff a lot because I do whinge a bit on the podcast um and there's so many movies that I haven't seen that are apparently classics and I really (laughs) I really should um but I genuinely love movies and i go into every movie hoping that i'm gonna like it (laughs) um like one of the reasons i really enjoyed barbie was because that felt like a community event when we went like everybody was in pink all the women were saying hi barbie to each other and i was like oh my god this is magic (laughs) with with barbie even if you didn't like the film you've got to admit that whole barbie barbenheimer thing Mm -hmm. was just an amazing lightning in a bottle film phenomenon that yeah. doesn't happen very often. Probably like it was the modern day equivalent of Star Wars or Tim Burton's Batman coming out, where it yeah. was an event to go and see it. People were seeing it not because they gave a shit about the film, but just to be a part of that thing. And I know it's part of it's to be part of the hashtag, and there's that whole getting likes online side of going mm. to see the films and that. But I don't care. They were talking about movies on the news. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that. There's no film programs anymore. The culture show's gone. Newsnet reviews gone. BBC film programs gone. BBC film reviews gone. Talking yeah. uh, talking movies pops up occasionally in the early hours of the morning on the BBC News Channel. There's no dedicated film programs anymore. Mm. And it's just that's what that's what our podcasts are for, mate. <laughs> We're filling that gap. 
Well, yeah, that is it. Podcast, absolute bollocks. I mean, you don't even really get it on the radio anymore since Komodo Mayo left Five Live. You haven't got a dedicated film program on the radio really anymore. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a bit baffling, really. But um, but yeah, like that's what that's why I love doing podcasts because I love talking I, passionately, whether that passion is <laughs> positive or negative about the the films and the TV and the books and the comics and stuff because I just love when other people are like into the same things as you and you can be like a nerdy twat about it together. Yeah, that's why I like doing this one where it's films that people love. Yeah. We experimented with a couple where one person didn't like a film and occasionally a guest has picked a film that I don't like, but I've always tried to see it from their point of view yeah. and not just yeah. be there to shit on their parade kind of thing. Um, I think it's uh, it's fair to have criticisms, but yeah, some people just... I, I've said it before, it's fair to recognise that a film is bad, but you still love it. It's like one oh, of my well, all-time I mean... favourite films is Footloose, which if people are like, no, that film's an absolute bag of shit, I'd be like, yeah, no, you're probably right, but I fucking love it. So I'm not going to argue with you and tell you that you're wrong. Yeah, like... I'm uh, I'm the same. I mean, I've done an episode with you about Masters of the Universe, which is, you know, universally lauded as being less shit, but I fucking think it's great. And I know it, it is shit, <laughs> but it's shit that I like. <laughs> See, I was thinking with this one, we've finally broken away from the oiled up muscle men, but then you get a wet Tyler Hecklin in the shower. Yeah, I mean... Which, which I... legend has it that his abs were so distracting in that one scene where he tells her to get out of bed. She's going to have to get up and get out of bed. That His abs were so distracted that they had to like go in and digitally alter them slightly to make them less prominent. That is brilliant. I don't know if that's oh, yeah. apocryphal or if that is true, but I've read it in a couple of places. <laughs> I, I quite like the idea of that. I am. Um, I like to think that I uh, de- deviated from the uh, greasy, oiled up men by reviewing TMNT07 with you. But then they're muscly <laughs> like and the they're shiny. Clashes, so. They are. They are muscly and they are. They do get very wet in one particular scene. So. Um, so yeah. Is is there anything we didn't I think we've largely covered it. We've gone all over the place, but I think we have hit everything. Yeah. Unless the only we... the only other note that I wrote down was just a stupid note to say that there's a bit <laughs> there's a bit where at the wedding where he first approaches Sarah and he sort of tries to get her to dance and she claims she has plantar fasciitis so she can't do it. <laughs> and I just want to say that I've had plantar fasciitis at a wedding and it is shit. Because I love cutting a rug and you can't do that when both of your heels and your feet are Arches are screaming at you for using them. (laughs) (laughs) I was scared to Google it. Yeah, no, plantar fasciitis is like a weird thing that you get. I my doctor said I got it because I don't like wearing shoes very much. (laughs) So uh once like yeah, so I wear a lot of flat shoes, a lot of no shoes if I'm somewhere that's not public, uh slippers that are flat. And so my arches just like dropped and then everything from the ball of my foot to the sort of Achilles bit of my heel was just relentless shooting red hot fire pain every time I moved. I'm I'm just scared to Google things these days because I don't want Amazon then recommending a load of weird ass shit to me. Oh, yeah. It would absolutely be recommending you um, insoles for your shoes. Yeah, I think we've covered everything. A couple of things that I did like. Um, I love when he tells J.K. Simmons I love your hat and J.K. Simmons just replies with of course you do, which was an ad lib apparently. Um, Brilliant. 
I love his line about you, you know, you just have to learn to suffer existence. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah. such a great line. And I love when he's uh, repeating everything Misty's saying to him. Because <laughs> he's just so well done. They're both timing's perfect on that. That's mm. that's what always pisses me off when they don't give awards for comedies. Because it's like the skill in that. I don't think people realise how important comedic timing is. Because um, one of my favourite references for this is the movie Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger, where (laughs) there's a scene in that film where he pretends to be a hologram of himself, pops out from behind a wall and goes, you think this is the real Quaid? It is. And he's got no no comedic timing whatsoever. So he just comes out and says that and then shoots a bunch of people. He didn't even need to say any words. He could have just come out and shot him. Yeah. (laughs) And it's... It's such a good sort of advertisement for like, oh, my God, please learn comedic timing, because that is funny for entirely the wrong reason. It's funny because it's the most wooden shit delivery of that joke. It could possibly have been. Um, And, yeah, I think there's there's a lot to be said for people not only having comedic timing for themselves, but also being able to play off other people in such a way that it feels natural, even though it's scripted and yeah. I've got a lot of uh, I I love watching improv comedy and even when it goes like disastrously wrong like I love it because it's so interesting to me to see people trying to like pick up and play off other people's riffs and jokes and stuff. I love that sort of thing I think it's wonderful and I yeah I wholeheartedly would like to see more awards for that sort of thing in like especially in like films and stuff um but yeah I've gone off on a tangent I love improv no no, no it's fine uh, Ted Two ruined improv comedy for me. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Let's not think about that, shall we? Um, all right, then. One question I'm going to ask everybody in this time loop month, and it's oh, such yeah, a basic-ass question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If you were stuck in a time loop, what would you do? This is my shit question that everybody on a press junket would get asked if they were in a time loop movie. And I, mm. I'm just bringing it to the podcast. Well, um, after the suicide or before the suicide, let's 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 assume well, that you go think, through a phase of killing yourself every day. Well, see, I think this is I think this is the problem though is that I would be worried that at some point the loop is going to stop. So I wouldn't. I don't think I would go down the suicide or the doing the mad like I'm going to do a fucking skydive because it doesn't matter if it goes horribly wrong because I'm I got tomorrow. Because I would constantly be thinking, what if I haven't got tomorrow? <laughs> what I if don't today's assume today? that you've lived that day like hundreds of times and you've <laughs> reached the point where you just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, if I'm at the point where I don't care, I mean, immediately, even like maybe the third loop round, <laughs> third day of the loop, I'll stop. If it was a work day, fuck, fuck that off. Colin, Colin sick. Um, <laughs> you Just call my good friend Colin, Colin sick. Um so yeah that would that would be like absolutely sacked off i think i i think i would do like really lame things like try and see as many bands as i could go to as many comedy shows as i could just do a lot of like the sort of living stuff because i sort of assume that like your bank account would just reset so if you spent all of your money the following day you'd you just have all your money again. <laughs> well, yeah, I, so, I assume the rules of a time loop is that the only thing you take over with you is anything you've learned. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like your memories, basically, yeah. is the only thing. If you spent yeah. a day so like I, getting buff. 
<laughs> I think I would do things like that. Like I would find out, like, are there any comic cons? Because I don't really go to comic conventions anymore because I am uh, very, I'm very scared of new people, very anxious, crippling social anxiety, and it seems to be getting worse the older I get. <laughs> so now I can't go to comic cons because I can't bring myself to queue to speak to a famous. <laughs> comic writer or artist or, or actor or whatever because I'm too scared and I will just talk myself out of the queue and I'll have spent 50 quid to just wander around a room aimlessly um, but I think if I knew that no matter what I did or said to any of those famous people it genuinely wouldn't matter then I'd probably go to as many like conventions as I could in that I mean obviously they'd have to be within travelling distance but like yeah talk to as many people just like slip into the DMs of famous people and just chat to them. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have any, like, ulterior motives. I'd just be like, I just want to talk to this guy for a, a bit. Just say, just try my luck. Because why yeah. not, like, tomorrow, it's not going to matter if I make an absolute giant tit of myself. Who cares? He won't remember. It's fine. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, I'd just do a lot of that sort of nonsense. Just a lot of the sort of living that I don't get to currently do because of capitalism and anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's it. Is, it's... is that a, is that a sad answer? Do you want me to? No, 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 no. I mean, because I mean, we're going on the assumption that it is the traditional twenty-four hour time loop. Yeah, because it's never like a two-week time loop or anything like that, is it? But... Yeah, but yeah. I imagine I in the context of a film, doing a two-week time loop would be tedious as fuck. It would be hard. I think if I was in a two-week time loop, it would take me a really long time to notice because I've got a really bad memory. And a lot of my weeks are very similar at work. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. A two-week time loop would be kind of like, this is all really familiar, but... <laughs> yeah, but but just just hazy enough for you to not be like, ah, this is what's happening. Being, being woken up by the exact same thing every day is, is a clearer indication of a time loop or, you know, that you've got a job. <laughs> yep there it is capitalism strikes for again. A living. <laughs> but also <sighs> is there anything you want to plug or anything like that before we go obviously i'll put all the links in the show notes but if you want to oh well i mean i've got podcasts up the wazoo haven't i because i as i said before i love talking to other people who are passionate about other things um so have a listen to never seen podcasts with Jenny Newman and Lee Grice who know a lot more about film than I do. I'm just there to bring the spice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we watch movies where at least one of them, one of us has never seen it before. Those like big glaring holes in our, you know, the kind of films where you say you haven't seen it and people go, uh, what? <laughs> um, you can have a listen to Stace and Barry in the morning on the Geek Syndicate Network where me and Barry just talk nonsense for about half an hour. Uh, about movies, telly, comics, all sorts of things. Um, and then you can have a listen to my show, Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour, which you can find on all of the podcast places except Spotify because they won't take it. <laughs> I don't know why, but there we are. Uh, and you can find me on all the, well, most of the socials at Stacey's Parlour. Awesome. Like I say, I'll put all the links in the show notes on that anyway, but, but yeah, so if anybody didn't catch them, because they weren't paying attention. Because <laughs> I talk too much. <laughs> They're like, fuck, she's going to talk about me in a Sasquatch again. <laughs> I actually, there's, there's, there's precious little talk about my hairy legs. Uh, you'll be glad to know. Excellent. Um, yeah. <laughs> Unless that's what you were going for, in which case, sorry. 
<laughs> I'm going to find that to that, to that tweet. one guy. <laughs> I'm going to find that tweet and I'm going to send it to you in uh, in a DM and just see how long it takes for you to stop inviting me on the show. <laughs> or don't, don't. It's fine. <laughs> no, I want to now. <laughs> no, I, let me live with the mental image instead. <laughs> <laughs> The mental image is probably better than my actual legs, but um, yeah. shut up, Stace. I, I would, I would take that risk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that bombshell, cheers <laughs> for coming on. <laughs> Thank you for having me and my utter nonsense. And I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, it's all right. It made me look positively zane. <laughs> fair, absolutely fair. Awesome. So now, what do we do? Well, I should probably go pick up my dog. You have a dog? Yeah, Fred. You have a dog named Fred? I do. You've never mentioned this? It never came up. Where is he? With a neighbor. What kind of dog is he? He's one of them shaggy dogs. He's one of them shaggy dogs. <laughs> hey, what the fuck are you doing in our pool? I guess I come back November 10th. <laughs> that was Palm Springs. And why not? I'd like to thank Stace for joining me on the episode to talk about the film. Be sure to check out the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, or you can find all the links you need in the show notes. Or head over to the website at hauntednerds.com for the links and some extra bonus content like trailers, featurettes and more. At the time of recording, Palm Springs is only available in the UK on Prime Video, which is disappointing for us fans of physical media, but it is available to import on DVD and Blu-ray from outside the UK, for those who like such things. We put a shout out on the socials for your thoughts on the film, and we had a couple of replies on Instagram. Jalen Sala said, I love this movie, and it had a heartwarming message. But it was also very well made. Quid Shakey said, Seen it almost as many times as he lived it. One of my favourites. It has slapstick, clever humour, lines that make you think, desperation, creepiness, and one of the best original soundtracks in recent years. An absolute gem of a film where all the characters are equal parts villain as hero. What's not to love? If you'd like to let us know your thoughts on the film, you can get involved in the conversation wherever you see this episode posted on our social media channels. You can give us a follow on Threads, Blue Sky and Instagram, or why not join the And Why Not group over on Facebook. Or if you prefer, you can drop us an email at hauntednerds at gmail.com. Over on our socials, not only be kept up to date what episodes are coming up and have a chance to contribute to them, but we also post our picks of three great movies to check out each week on Freeview TV in the UK. If you fancy joining us, just search And Why Not Pod on social media or check out the links in the show notes. If you missed any And Why Not episodes so far, you can find them on our podcast channel over on Acast, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or on our website at hauntednerds.com. In the meantime, though, we'll be back on Tuesday the 20th of February when Time Loop Month takes a murderous turn as Tom Stewart comes back to the pod to discuss the 2017 horror comedy Happy Death Day. We'll put all the usual shout-outs on the socials, but if you'd like to get a jump on it and let us know your thoughts on Happy Death Day, you can drop us an email or a voice clip to hauntednerds at gmail.com using the subject header Happy Death Day, and I'll read them out on the episode. But until then, this has been a Nerds Who Haunted Themselves production, and I've been Stuart Moraine. Thanks for listening, and remember, we all have an Irvine. Bye for now. Well, I, I suppose now that you'll be going soon. Good luck. You're not